people have this mental model of software development as if it's assembly line work, except that every single thing we deliver is different from the previous thing we delivered. Hi, Zero Hundred DevOps listeners. Today, I'm talking with Brian Finster. Brian is distinguished engineer at the Defense Unicorns and I would say a relentless searcher for better ways of working and not by following prescribed frameworks, but by gaining situational awareness and recognizing specific contextual improvements. I enjoy reading Brian's takes on social networks because they are very no-nonsense and to the point. And that's why we'll talk about a topic that stirred an otherwise pretty dull summer, and that is McKinsey's report on measuring developer productivity. Brian, good to hear you and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Brian, before we dive into the report, could you briefly introduce yourself and the context that you're coming from? Yes, I've been a software developer for, well, since 1996, uh, developing enterprise solutions, mostly supply chain software, um, but then later doing platform work for uh, Walmart when we started the centralized delivery platform. Um, and, you know, the context that I have specifically around metrics is the first job I had in delivery platform was I was responsible for the team instrumenting delivery metrics to use those to help inform how we were doing around improving continuous delivery at Walmart. Um, and I, I learned a lot about if you measure this, you know, it will change this behavior this way. We were, you, know, you know, we weren't just throwing metrics at teams. We were working directly with the teams getting feedback and getting challenged and some of the things we're measuring. Um, and then, you know, later uh, I, I had a position leading the DevOps Dojo where we were directly working embedded with teams, helping teams with continuous delivery and witnessing how different areas were being measured by the management and the outcomes of that as well. Uh, and it's been an intense study of mine uh, when door metrics came out. I create, um, we started pushing those that started causing all sorts of bad problems. Other people had the same experiences. I wrote a paper called How to Misuse and Abuse Door Metrics that covered that, um, you know, and how to measure better. So it's, it's, it's a hobby of mine. It's a, it's a great hobby these days. I, I remember this August, there were, I think, two or three weeks when the only thing that you could read on social media and blog posts were reactions to McKinsey's report on measuring developer productivity. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen software engineering community and leaders so unanimous in their reaction that what was written there in the report doesn't make sense. I mean, even I found some things illogical and that's how bad it was. But let's go to the beginning. What did the authors try to achieve with this report? What was their premise? Well, the premise is that you can measure developer productivity. And there's a lot of nuance to you can measure developer productivity. They, of course, um, missed all that nuance and went to we can measure individuals, developers, and make sure they're productive, which is not, this is the problem, actually the problem with developer productivity is that it's, it's not a thing. Right. And when I say that, I mean, there are things that you can measure. Well, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. This is what they're trying to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. is saying, this is how you can measure to make people make sure people are being productive. Yeah. I mean, somewhere along the report, things went terribly wrong. You mentioned it right now. And some fundamental truths were ignored. Like, for example, the first one that comes to everybody's mind. And now you mentioned it also is that 
software development is a team effort instead of individual effort, which is what they try to convey. Yeah, a huge problem I see frequently, all the time, is that people have this mental model of software development as if it's assembly line work, except that every single thing we deliver is different from the previous thing we delivered. Um, You know, the work is incredibly variable. How teams work to deliver that is incredibly variable. But ultimately, if you have a high-performing team, you've got a group of people coming together to solve problems. You know, a really effective way to do that is mobbing on everything. We're all focusing on applying our individual skill sets around this one problem we're trying to solve to get it delivered quickly to find out if we're solving the problem correctly, or even if it's the right problem to solve at all, because we're inventing new things all the time. And if you're trying to measure individual people and, and their activity around doing that, then what you're doing is you're discouraging the collaborative nature of software development. Yeah. It's a team effort. It's not an individual effort. And one thing that also leads from that is that measuring individual productivity actually hurts team dynamics and it promotes rock stars. It promotes heroism in the team, which is also not behavior that we would want to have in our teams. And this isn't theoretical. I mean, when the, when I talk about stuff, it's not stuff that I've just like read about or uh, have, you know, have ideas about. These are things I've actually witnessed or done. And, you know, when we worked, when I worked in the dojo, uh, we would interact with teams and, you know, various teams worked different ways. But, you know, the first team I saw where they were being measured by how many Jira tickets they completed per week, uh, you know, because the manager thought that'd be a good way to, to stack rank people. And what you've had was you had everybody from junior developers all the way to staff engineers all working exactly the same way, heads down, trying to close tickets. The impact of that is people were cherry picking for the easy stuff. People were not being responsive to requests for code review. People, uh, junior engineers were not being mentored by senior engineers because that would impact their output metrics, right? You had a, it was, the team was too large, but what you had was a, uh, just a group of people not working as a team sitting next to each other. Uh, I call it a, uh, I came up with a new group term for that, you know, murder of crows, right? <laughs> for crows, I call it a pandemonium of developers because the, the, all your quality process is just flushed down the toilet, but it's easy for HR. Yeah, it's almost like everything that we have been fighting for and working to get, are, we are basically destroying with the wrong types of metrics. 100%. And one thing that I also see people comment, and it's basically true, is that this focus on individual productivity also hurts psychological safety because it makes everybody feel like every man for himself and uh, as you said now i need to take care only about my metrics only about my contribution and some of the metrics that we see in the report drive exactly this behavior yeah you know the uh, let's see i think I have their their web page pulled up here, and some of my favorites, um, even even at the team level, story points completed. Yeah. That's dumb, right? But they came up with their own new metrics, uh, which is basically how much activity individual developers are doing. Well, let's talk about productivity for a moment. Is productivity just how many nails I drive or if I'm driving the right nails to build a house, right? I mean, I can be a nail gun. I can pound nails all day long, but it doesn't mean that work is valuable. 
Yeah. So what does productivity mean? And, you know, at the end of the day, if we're going to measure things, we should be measuring things that prevent teams from delivering value easily. What's causing them pain? If we measure the team's pain and make that go away, then the teams can flow, can deliver more easily, find out if we're delivering the right things, and then improve our bottom line. The goal is not fingers on keyboards. The goal is improving our bottom line. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to game that one, please feel free <laughs> to, to game that one. Well, I know this is the thing about uh, metrics are a very powerful tool, right? And I looked at when, when I'm establishing a set of metrics to help a team, I understand, and everybody should understand, that measuring people causes people to change. Yeah, And people will naturally just try to find a way to optimize that metric. They're not, I mean, it's not even just like deliberately trying to, to game them. It's just, that's what you're going to do. So you establish a set of metrics so that they will optimize for, with, if they optimize those metrics, it optimizes their outcomes. And so finding the right set of metrics to get that done is so important. Are Dora metrics the best that we've found so far in software engineering that will help us with, with this? Um, uh, so no, <laughs> and, and yes. Okay. Um, you know, there's, there's some of them that are very valuable, but they're lagging indicators of, uh, you know, that tell you that things are going wrong. Yeah. There's, um, you know, metrics that fall inside the door metrics that we really focused on in the dojo to help teams rapidly improve their ability to do continuous integration, their ability to improve quality. You know, just some of the challenges with the door metrics is even, even Dora wants to drop MTTR. And of course, McKinsey lists this as a thing that you should measure at the team level. Of course, MTTR doesn't necessarily roll up to a specific team because it's measured at user, at, you know, at the user level. Yeah, and you know how do you identify a specific team in a large system? You know the change fail rate. People trying to measure that incorrectly. It's wildly misunderstood. Um, it just means defect to rivalry. If you actually need accelerate the deploy frequency, not every team has control over deploy frequency. But it says in the book it's a it's a, a proxy for batch size. So find some other method for batch size. To drive it down if you can't deploy very frequently, you know, and and the the lead time for change that they have is actually just the pipeline cycle time. Um, if you have a lot of manual handoff in your delivery flow downstream of coding, then that's an important metric. But if not, there's a whole bunch of efficiencies to be gained just by driving down the size of the unit of work. And so in the dojo, you know, since they already had a platform. Uh, that would eliminate a lot of the manual stuff. We focused on how long does it take you to go from started to done on a story and drive that size down because just driving that size down just pops up all kinds of problems within the team and with uh, uh, dependencies the team has so you can get those fixed. They're they're not indicators that you're doing good. They're indicators that there's things that need to be fixed. Yeah. You wrote a great paper on how to use and abuse Dora metrics. And I must say that it opened my eyes for a lot of things, especially for the first one with lead time and deployment frequency. People usually think that it's all about deploying as, as much as possible, as many times a day as possible. 
but they tend to see beyond that. So the, the idea that you are promoting and the thing that we should be looking for is that ability when something goes wrong to have a reliable process to be able to fix the issue and to deliver something very reliably. And this reliability is not the first thing that we see when we look at those metrics. Yeah, and this is the problem people have with CD as well. So I think CD is about feature delivery and our customers don't need features that quickly. I've carried a pager for most of my career um, and I need things fixed rapidly. My customers need things fixed rapidly. We can't afford downtime, right? And having a safe way to fix production quickly that's well-tested is is part of that. You know, that's pipeline cycle time is so key for it. But uh, then de delivery frequency isn't about delivering really fast. It's about how small can we deliver? You know, it's about feedback loops is what it's about. It's not it's feature delivery speed. Yeah. And once you start thinking about that in that way, it kind of gives a whole new perspective on what we are trying to achieve with CICD. Well, and this is, I think, something really gets lost on people who aren't... Um, haven't really thought about it too much. And I saw uh, is that the goal isn't speed. The goal is really, if you take these things seriously and you use them correctly, what you're trying to do is uncover why it's costing you so much money to deliver change. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you could just reduce the cost of change, then you have the ability to uh, you know, run experiments, run the business better. No matter what this is, right? You know, and if, if you can reduce the cost of change, it frees you up to go and find and test ideas cheaply instead yeah. of getting deeply invested in an idea and just delivering it whether or not it's a good idea or not. Again, coming to shortening the feedback loop yeah. to, to make our business thrive. One of the arguments that people in McKinsey report claim is that if it's possible to to measure functions like sales and HR, then it should be possible to measure engineering as well. But this thesis also has some questionable background. Yeah, and Dave Farley had a good response to the sales thing, which is that their uh, assertion that you can measure sales the way they talk about is wrong. And he had personal experience with that. I encourage everybody to watch his video. I mean, you know, it's like, the guy who was just selling vaporware and his sales were really, really high, but then, you know, all the customers were pissed off and, and, uh, because they weren't actually getting what they wanted. So was, was that an effective sales job? I mean, he had good delivery metrics. He had good sales metrics. I don't understand why organizations like McKinsey carry so much weight because you go and look at the people who are pushing stuff like this, you know, look at their resumes. They have no qualifications. They have no relevant experience. At least not according to the resume, because I went and looked. And anytime someone's pushing some idea that seems strange, I go and look at the resume to see whether I should take them seriously or not. Because I'm often wrong, and I will absolutely absorb new ideas if they come from people with experience. I need to understand why they're saying those things that seem strange to me. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, oh, I read it in a book once, or, you know, I, I saw it on a, a, a web page about less. You know, that, no. It, Show me your experience because, you know, the, the stuff in this article tells me that they read about some things. And I can tell that because if you look at the way they applied door metrics, the way they applied the space metrics, right? <laughs> they just kind of read top level stuff. And like, even here, they talk about code review metrics. And that was just an example that space was giving about how you, you know, you might have a balanced set of metrics around code review. 
I, you know, there are things I would measure on Twitter, you know, like is it synchronous or not? But that's not a top level thing you should focus on. Yeah. Most metrics can be abused. And you said you've seen a lot of metrics being abused. In which way have you seen people abuse metrics? I guess there is always one group of people who are faking metrics and the other group of people who are using those metrics for wrong purposes. So we have this from both sides. Yeah, I mean, if the you can, it, it takes a lot of clear messaging to use delivery metrics effectively, you know, and, and you have to prove to teams that you that there are tools for that team to help find and remove pain and not something to beat them up. Yeah, and as soon as you start comparing teams to each other or start questioning, hey, why is this so terrible? Instead of hey, you know, there's there's probably something in here that we can help improve the pain. Then the metrics are useless. Yeah, that's and, yeah, and I, you know, I I see uh, vendors delivering tools all the time where you can compare teams to each other, or even worse, compare individuals to each other. And anytime I, I see that, I, I beat them up on it because they're damaging business outcomes, they're damaging teams, and they're damaging people. And you know, I get pushback all the time. Well, you're you're just you know trying to tell people what they're doing that's wrong. Yeah, if you're hurting people, I'm going to call you out and say you're doing things that are causing harm, because my goal is to make the work suck less. Yeah, and that reminds me on a blog post I read by Steve Fenton. He says somewhere in the middle of the post, "I'm assuming you want to measure productivity because you want to improve it." So this is the the premise that you're measuring stuff because you want to improve it. And that really makes sense. And if we really wanted to improve our organization, how should we go about it? What approach should we take? Which process? What metrics should we focus on if we truly wanted to improve the productivity of a team? Well, you know, at the high level, we need to look and see, like, I always tell people to start with value stream mapping. Right, mm -hmm. Because it's relatively low impact. You don't have to go and buy a tool or instrument or anything. It's just, let's go measure, let's go track the steps it takes for us to go from idea to delivery and find out how many handoffs we have, what the wait times are on those things. Look for places where we can pull out handoffs and wait time. I mean, that's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit is we have too many handoffs, we have functional silos. You know, it becomes really clear, you know, we've got two code reviews to get anything done with like eight hours of delay between code reviews and lots of retry loops because we're doing it asynchronously instead of just talking to each other. I mean, you can see all these problems. At the team level, if a team really wants to accelerate the pain discovery and removal, focus on how long does it take us to get a story done, right? And, you know, what we found was if you can't get it done in less than two days, there's too much uncertainty. And you're not working, you don't have a, you don't, you're not refining correctly, you're not working well as a team together. So drive that down and you'll find that you'll uh, all sorts of techniques to make your lives better. Focus on how frequently you're integrating code. Take CI seriously. It means at least daily minimum to the trunk. And if that's, if those two things are not true, then you're not doing CI. Solve that problem. Solving that problem makes your team's life better. And I've, this is not just a wild, unsupported assertion. I have experimental data from a whole bunch of teams personally that we've seen this happen on and we helped with that. But you have to have balance. 
right? If we're doing really small things and integrating code quickly and, we're, and, it's, and we have a terrible quality process, there are defect rates we issue to the roof. So measuring your defect, you know, arrival rate, how frequently are defects being created over time, you know, per week, right? Uh, if you focus just on defects, we won't deliver anything. And if you focus just on, you know, how frequently we're doing things, you have terrible defects. You have to have balance, right? Fix both of them at the same time. Your quality processes improve. Your teamwork will improve. You'll start removing waste from your flow. You know, the first time we started trying to solve this problem, I started with, hey, we're going to have zero, all this agile nonsense, all the ceremony we're doing was, was uh, safe because we were using safe at the time. It's just slowing us down. We're going to start with no process. And then just add process uh, until we have the right level of process so we can deliver it to speed with it. Yeah. And it works really well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listening to this, it all seems like a common sense and everything comes down to good engineering practices. But I feel like in the end, the thing that we are struggling the most with are applying those good engineering practices to real life. Well, and one of the big problems we have is there's so much noise out there for people promoting things that they have no um, no background to promote, right? And and so the good practices are being uh, are competing with the bad practices, and the bad practices are being sold by people whose full time job is to sell that. Yeah, good practices are being pushed by people who do work who don't have time to go sell it. Yeah. So I don't know what to tell you about that. No, you know, I, I, you know I, I, we need, you know, I'm at the point now where we need uh, an actual, um, you know, software engineering certification, just like a civil engineer. That I, you know, you're a certified, there's a certifying body for a professional software engineer, just like there is for professional civil engineers. Civil engineers have other engineers working for them that aren't certified, but they have to sign off on the work. Yeah. And that's how you grow that. And that's how we get the, you know, the industry to move forward is we have no institutional memory because everybody's being told that it depends on everything. You know, there's some things where it just doesn't depend. Yeah. It's like we all wait for some new magic recipe to happen and to come along. But in the end, all the real recipes are 20 years old, 30 years old, all written somewhere in eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's old stuff. And it all just comes down to engineering discipline, understanding yeah. what the problem is we're trying to solve, using correct methods to do that. There are some things that are objectively always true. Just focusing on the discipline of, uh, of nailing the fundamentals and doing those things well. And so that you have the freedom to understand where things are context sensitive and focus on that. Um, you know, and, and so it's either people are just ignoring the fundamentals and YOLOing everything, or people are trying to apply silver bullet frameworks to standardize things that are contextual. Yeah. And, and, you know, I gave a talk at QCon this year about it's called Agile Rehab, where I talk about engineering for delivery instead of focusing on what the Agile Industrial Complex says we should do and what the outcomes of that were. And the outcomes were tremendous improvement. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned low-hanging fruit and how we can all start with value stream mapping and measuring uh, how long does it take for a story to come through the whole cycle. Sometimes organizations want more. Sometimes organizations struggle with how to actually take those process metrics and they use all sorts of tools. Could you share with us some tips on how to take those 
process measurements, uh, which tools did you see organizations use successfully or not successfully? Do we have any hints for them? I'll say that most of the tools I have seen vendors sell are problematic. I saw one at QCon from UpLevel that they have the same philosophy about not measuring uh, individuals or making it easy to compare teams that, that I have. And they're, you know, they're, they have a tool that is, is, uh, is pretty good. Um, a friend of mine, Krishna Kumar, has a tool he has that he uses, but he doesn't sell it. He only uses it for his, his <laughs> thing. And when it comes to instrumenting things, though, you know, there are some open source solutions. It does take some work to get it done. It, you know, at, uh, at Walmart, we used Copper One's Hygieia and then put dashboards on top of that data collection that made our lives easier. But even before that, we were starting with just simple metrics going into uh, Grafana. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all, you know, if you can write something that'll go and collect data from GitHub and collect data from Jira, you know, those are well understood APIs. It doesn't take much. Just make sure you know what questions you're trying to answer. No, just go collect data on everything just because. Yeah. I feel like this will be hot topic for some time in the future. It's not going away so soon. No, it's not going away. There, there's one other thing that during this conversations on metrics, um, you know, people kept saying, well, if, you know, if we don't tell them how to measure, uh, you know, individuals better, you know, developer productivity, then they'll just go and do it. I'm like, no, what we do is we tell them you don't do that. Right. You don't go and measure individual productivity. You don't do it. And if you're going to measure teams, you need to understand that you, you don't measure output, you measure outcome and you can measure outcome. Yeah, I think this is the the most important thing, uh, the most important takeaway from this conversation. What you said, not focusing on individual metrics and focusing on outcomes and not on outputs. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, Brian, if you want to go deeper into this topic, who are the people that you are following these days and things that you are reading that make you do better every day? Uh, you know. Abi Noda and I talk about this. Of course, we also debate whether you should use surveys or instrumentation. Um, I, I see uh, strengths and weaknesses in both. It's not an either or, but you have to, you know, the, you, like you don't want to run a survey on door metrics. You should, you know, if you're going to use those, you should instrument them. You know, Krishna Kumar, again, also has some good thoughts on this. Dave Harley, join the Dora community. Yeah. They do actually have a community you can join and, you know, talk to people about the challenges they have and don't just accept things at face value. And, you know, when people say we should measure this, say, okay, well, how did you come about those or are you trying to accomplish what were the results? Yeah. Tell me the context that you were in when you were using it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brian, thank you. This was amazing. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and for helping us put things into perspective a little bit. Yeah, uh, there's one other thing I'd like to plug. Yeah. It's a community project I'm involved with, with several other people, minimumcd.org, where we try to boil down continuous delivery to solve these nine problems, and you're doing continuous delivery instead of shooting yourself in the foot, like we've seen some of the organizations doing. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it. I've even included it once in 0800 DevOps newsletter. It's a, it's a great read. Thanks so much. We try. 
Thank you so much. Talk soon. Yep. Thanks, Ivan.